Hey y'all, welcome to Confident Health, your guide to finding your true total body health. I'm your host, Allie, a certified fitness and nutrition coach driven to help you discover the real you and to love her even more. Each week, we'll discuss topics on fitness, nutrition, body confidence, overall general health, self-love, and just living life. I'm so excited you're here. So let's go find your confident health. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Confident Health Podcast. I'm super excited as I have a really awesome guest with me today, my girl Kelly. We connected over Instagram through a business coach that we both worked through and you guys, she is literally the queen of flexible dieting. So I had to bring her on here to share all of the things about flexible dieting and how to use it in your lifestyle to reach your goals. Kelly, welcome to the Confident Health Podcast. Thanks, Allie, and thanks for that amazing intro. I never would have thought people would be calling me the queen of flexible dieting, so that was just so cool. Thank you for that, and I'm super excited to be here. Yay. Okay. So tell us a little bit about yourself besides the fact that you are obviously a online health and fitness coach who does a lot of flexible dieting. Yeah. Okay. So about me, that is not fitness related. Um, I will say that I am probably the biggest Rutgers fan that anybody listening will ever talk to. I did my undergrad there. Um, both my parents, my fiance, all of my cousins and aunts and uncles that went to college, we all graduated from Rutgers. So I am a huge Rutgers fan. I don't miss any of the football games, whether I'm there in person or watching them on TV. Um, I love true crime. Yes. I know we share that in common. Yes. <laughs> it's so weird. People are like, oh, what are you watching on TV? I'm like, oh, you know, just like, you know, a murder, like mystery. Because I can't find, like, I keep attention, like, for anything else. So I'm, like, super into true crime, like, podcasts, documentaries, movies. Have some recommendations for you. Yes. Series if you want one more time. Yes. I need some new ones. Yeah. I love country music. I know you do as well. And I still love my like pop punk music, like Machine Gun Kelly. I think I've just been playing his new album for the past like six weeks. So that's kind of, I would say like my hobbies outside of lifting and nutrition. I literally didn't even, when you said Rutgers, I was like, wait, I think she said the college, like, because I'm also a huge like, K-State fan because 90% of my family went to K-State University. So like to see like somebody else, but from a different school, I was like, that's so cool. Like, girl, we are like on the same page here. <laughs> we are. I love it. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in your journey to being a health coach, okay. fitness, nutrition, all the things. Yeah. So I'm going to start from the beginning. I'll try not to make it too, too long, but it's, Growing up, I was, like, anti-physical activity. Like, I was a person in gym who walked the mile and, like, was picked last for volleyball. I was, like, I have no interest in sweating. Like, whatever. Sports were not cool. I quit every sport my dad tried to get me to do growing up. I danced throughout high school and college, but, like, you know, more so for fun. And then in college, I, I was never, like, 
really overweight growing up, but like I always felt like I was like the largest of my friends and I just was never really confident. Like I would wear, like, do you remember those tan bikinis? They were like the skirt bottoms, but like the bikini top came all the way down. So you were covered. Mm-hmm. Like I would only wear those. I would wear like t-shirts over them. <clears throat> so I was like, I'm done with this. Like I'm going to, you know, feel better about myself. So started doing, you know, tons of cardio. I found out that calories in, calories out was like how you lost weight. So I started like tracking my food in my fitness pal. And I literally would have like a bowl of cereal for breakfast, a handful of goldfish for lunch. And then like dinner, I would get like a sub from takeout. And I made sure that like I ate around 500 calories. And then I would burn like three to 500 on the elliptical. So I lost a lot of weight very quickly, obviously. And then I was like, ew, I also hate looking like this. So that's when I started strength training. But like strength training being like 100 sets of abs and like five pound dumbbells, right? Like very similar, I think, to a lot of people, a lot of women's like journeys, like you just go hard on the cardio and then you weight train, but like it's not really resistance training. That low weight, high rep. (laughs) Yeah, So I did that. And then, you know, over the years, I think like, yeah, 2014 was like right when like the fit fluencers like on Instagram started becoming a thing. So I'd follow people, you know, and like buy their like $10 programs or whatever. So then I started like strength training a little bit more. And then as I started like building muscle, I just had this like, you know, confidence that I never had before. And I was like, this is amazing. I'm going to keep doing this. So then since then I've been focus on strength training, as opposed to trying to become like the smallest version of myself. So that's, you know, kind of why ever since then, I've been wanting to become a nutrition and fitness coach. Um, And I think it was just like, I was working a nine to five, I was like, Oh, this is fine. And then the pandemic actually, you know, obviously, we wish that didn't happen. But like, the good that came out of it for myself selfishly was that like, I finally realized um, that the nine to five life is not for me. I hate people telling me what to do. (laughs) Same. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna start coaching people. And it's been like the best decision ever. So that is how I became a coach. That is awesome. I love it. It's kind of similar stories there, girl. We are like, we were meant to connect. I just have this feeling. So like I said, you are what I see as the flexible dieting queen. I still can't believe that you did like, what was it, January? You did that whole like, I'm going to eat ice cream every day and still show my progress. That was probably the coolest thing I have seen in a hot minute. And I've been trying to figure out how to replicate that for my own life because it was just amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I did because like that was something that I struggled with. Before we started recording, I mentioned I had like two eating disorders like throughout my journey. And one of them was like orthorexic, orthorexia. Mm -hmm. So I was literally like thought if I had a piece of chocolate that I was going to gain 10 pounds. And like it, like I'm not being dramatic. That literally was how my brain like thought about things. I remember this one instance. We went out to a restaurant for my baby sister's high school graduation. You know, she graduated high school. We went out right afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I ordered a salad, obviously, because I wasn't going to order bread. And I asked for the salad to be made with spinach 
Because in my head, I was like, there's literally no point in eating romaine lettuce. There's no nutritional value in it. So it was like, I was just so obsessed with eating like the healthiest thing. I was like obsessed with hitting like all of my nutrients every single day. And the waiter was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like we don't have spinach here. And I got so pissed. I was like, then I'm not eating anything. And I was like, there's spinach on this menu over here. I didn't say that to the waiter. I said that to my family. <laughs> like once the waiter left. But like that is like like scarred into my brain is like a traumatic event because like who does that like it's lettuce calm down so I had that and then like being so restrictive for so long I then developed a binge eating disorder and that was when I actually like started going to therapy to try to figure out like what was wrong with me and what to do about it and I went to two therapists for that and None of them really, I felt like really helped me. So I just kind of like gave up. But then I realized like, there's nothing wrong with me. Like my body's reacting the way it should be Mm because I've been restricting it for so long. And then I did that in January because like, there are so many other women who think they can't have certain foods. And like, not everyone's going to develop an eating disorder from that. Not everyone's Mm going to go to those extremes that I dealt with. But like, it's very common to overindulge on the weekends or start using those off-limit foods to deal with like everyday stress and everyday emotions and then like you wake up the next morning you feel shitty about yourself and you're such a disappointment and it's like that that doesn't have to happen like you can have ice cream like I did it every day just to show that you could make progress would I recommend someone have ice cream every night probably not because there's other ways to get like healthy carbs and fats into your diet But if that's going to be something that keeps you consistent, then I'm all for it. So that was kind of the reasoning behind it. Same. I think that you probably hear this too from a lot of your clients, like especially when they're starting out with you, where they're like, is it bad if I have this on occasion? I was like, never. It is never bad to have any food. Like, And I think that was the coolest thing about that was you were showing that there is no difference between – there is no good or bad food. There are different types of food. Like, obviously, you know, we might have ones that are higher or lower quality, however you may be. But if you freaking can't go a day without ice cream, cool. This is how you can work it in. And I think that's, like, to me, one of the best features about flexible dieting. And I don't know if that's something that you would agree with. But, like, the flexibility of being able to eat what you love whenever it works for you is, like, the coolest part about it. Yeah. And it's like, it is. And I also don't want to say like, it's the magic fix to everything. Because Mm -hmm. like, I think a lot of people when they hear flexible dieting, they think, oh, like, I'm just going to track my macros and like, make my food fit my macros. But like, that can become obsessive. And then you start Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I can fit a Pop-Tart in, so I'm going to have that. And like, that mentality, like, led to me being afraid of foods because they wouldn't fit my macros. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I think a big part of excelling in flexible dieting is like your mindset. Like, just like you said, like there are no good foods. There are no bad foods. Like if you're craving something, you can have that that day, like pre-plan your food like you normally would, but like know that anything can change. You can be flexible. You're in charge of what you get to eat. Like nobody's like telling you that. And I think that is just like a huge like light switch when I see it go off in clients. It just, I, you just clapped. Like it makes me so proud and like, you can probably resonate with that. And it's like, 
yes, like you're in control of everything you do every single day. You're in control of the foods you eat. Like how empowering is that? You're not on a diet. This is how you're eating and you get to be the pilot. Heck yes. I actually like the word diet itself. Like if you look it up in the dictionary, it's just what you eat habitually. It has nothing to do with eating less. It has nothing to do with doing it for a specific goal. The word diet itself is just literally eating what you habitually eat. So if like you enjoy eating certain foods, like you can make that work and there is no food that is off limits, just making the best choice for you in the given time for wherever you are in your journey. Like, I love it. Like everything you said, 100% yes. (laughs) Yeah. And if I can, like, so I definitely promote flexible dieting to my clients. A lot of clients come to me with this like good and bad thinking, struggling with binge eating. And I'm like, I want you to eat pizza tonight. And they're like, what? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I want you to have pizza. Like that's your trigger food. Eat a slice of pizza. Have two if you want, but like you're allowed to do that. So then it's like, the food is no longer, it like, it's like no longer on a pedestal, right? Like it's whatever I can have it anytime. And you know, I promote that to my clients. I practice it on a daily basis, but like I struggle with it sometimes too. Like I think it's totally normal for people to use food before, like if you're stressed, if you're like having a bad day, but like when it's an everyday thing, that's where like that kind of has to, you know, there's a better way to live. So that's something that I always share with my clients too, is like, this isn't going to like, just get rid of that, like thinking mm-hmm. or those behaviors. But on a consistent basis, it is going to make it better. Yeah, because there's definitely that mindset aspect to everything. Like, especially I like, I, I don't know if this is you, but I am a stress emotional eater. Like whether it be that I don't eat because I'm so stressed and I'm so filled with emotions or I want to eat everything or, you know, I have to have certain foods because of my stresses or emotions. Like, and I know a lot of people can relate to that as well. It's just one of those things. There's a lot of, there's a reason they call it comfort foods, right? Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of people, like when you change your mindset about food, it kind of also releases some of that freedom and flexibility to it. Yeah, I mean, I am 120% a stress eater, like, still to this day, but like, I'll have like a piece of chocolate and then take a couple deep breaths and be like, okay, like the food isn't going to make you feel any better. And so I have like journal prompts and like mantras and things that I give to my clients to kind of help them realize that because it is really hard to change those thought patterns. But like what I notice is I get whether I'm stressed or not as women, right, we deal with like that fun thing every month. So like, I notice when I ovulate, I'm like, I probably could eat like eight pizza pies and like be totally fine. <laughs> like, yep. like still be hungry. You know what I mean? So like I program that week to give myself more food. I'm like, I'm just going to bump my calories to this week. And that's like, that's flexible dieting too. Like you don't always have to eat the same amount of food every single day. Like in that case, I I know that's my behavior and I know I'm going to be a little hungrier. So if I'm not like trying to get ready for a show in two weeks, then I can eat a little bit more. And then also like if you have 
a birthday coming up or you have someone's wedding, like you can take the day off of tracking or we can give you extra food. So like that's part of like, you know, the flexible too. And then I think that helps people kind of trust themselves around food, going back to like the mindset. So yeah, I think flexible dieting isn't necessarily like, you know, tracking your macros, picking what you get to eat every day, but it's also being flexible and like how much food you're eating every day and like making it fit you and not you trying to like rearrange your life around your diet because that sounds miserable. Right, right. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with what you just said. So what would be like your top tips for, you know, becoming more, I don't know how to say this, like not necessarily following flexible dieting life set, set file, but like what would be your top tips or recommendations for starting out or making that work into your lifestyle? Yeah. So something I always ask clients like on their first consult call with me, if they are like having the good and bad kind of mindset and they're feeling restricted in their diet, I ask them like, okay, what is, what's one of your favorite foods that you like don't really allow yourself to have right now? And oftentimes it's like pizza, bread, desserts, wine. And I'm like, cool, cool. So I'll be like, okay, like a bagel has this many calories, this many carbs, whatever. Like I want you to eat a bagel for breakfast tomorrow. And they're like, oh my God, no. <laughs> and I'm like, no, like you can do it. I'm here. So like I think it's like slowly adding foods that like you kind of thought you never could have. Because, and I will say that like, depending on what how like severe somebody's like good and bad thought process Mm -hmm. is like it can be rough in the beginning because you can like have that bagel and then like be like okay well like now I'm just gonna eat bread the rest of the day and you you know so it can be hard to start off so I also want anyone listening like if this is totally foreign to you like it isn't gonna fix things right away it is a process Mm -hmm. just like everything else but it's a learning experience like you'll learn how you feel after having those five slices of bread instead of like one. So something like that. So I think my tip is like to start kind of slow and just like add one new thing in and just see like if that makes it more enjoyable for you. Cause like a lot of times people don't want to track their food and don't want to do this or that because it's like not fun. But if you get to eat a bagel for breakfast or I eat a ton of donuts, I'm like always posting about donuts. If you get to eat a donut for breakfast, like, and you're still going to lose weight, like, why not? Um, so I'd say that's, like, my number one tip. That's very smart. I, like, I kind of have the same mindset coaching practice as well, like, doing little, little changes, like, okay, well, you like this, let's try adding this in and seeing how you feel versus telling ourselves we can't have it because telling yourself you can't have it is worse than – like overindulging like there's that fine balance and you got to find it for every single person because you can easily go one way or the other and it's just learning what works for you and then I think based upon that like it's not going to be the same for every single person either and remembering that is super key because you might have like we all have that friend that can eat like pasta bread whatever they want every single day and like never change weight never change physiques well, we're over here struggling and feeling like we gained 20 pounds after having that bagel for breakfast. So remembering that like everybody's body 
A, digests food differently, reacts to food differently, enjoys food differently. Like, so much mindset. (laughs) Yeah, and that's, like, the thing. Like, it's not to go on a tangent, and I hope hope this isn't a tangent, but, like, you probably, as a coach, like, will have women reach out to you and just be like, you know, I'm looking for someone to help me with my nutrition and my training. And then you start to talk to them and, like, Anyone who's listening who has either reached out to Allie or myself, or maybe you're thinking about reaching out to one of us, like, we ask you questions when you reach out to us because, A, we, like, want to understand what your goal is and what you're struggling with so that we know if we can help you. Because, you know, like, there are some people that I probably can't help if they're struggling Mm -hmm. with something that I'm not educated in, right? So, like, that's the reason why we ask questions. But like, sometimes people reach out and just be like, I just need, I just need to be told what to eat. And it's like, no, that's not going to help you. And nutrition coaching, honestly, is like 30% of it. Like, you can Google how to reach your protein. Like, if Mm -hmm. that's all you think we do, go to Google. But like, the like 70% of what we do is mindset is such like a buzzword, but it's like trying to figure out, okay, why can't you hit your protein? Why aren't you drinking your water? Like, what are the, what new habits can we implement? Why are you so scared to have a bagel? And like, that is how you learn. And that's how you actually become flexible with your food. And that's how you get the result. So like, yes, absolutely. Like everything comes back to what we're thinking. And like, obviously we're not therapists, but like simple kind of tweaks like that can Mm -hmm. be like, honestly, like, I don't want to say life-changing, but, like, I'm going to say life-changing because if you're, like, consumed with these, like, good and bad food, I can't have that, like, that's exhausting. And if you can get out of that, I think that is pretty life-changing. It's, yeah, definitely, a, I would say, game-changer, but for sure, like, it can do a whole lot of, whole lot of good making those little changes and figuring out what works for you and becoming flexible with what you're eating and how you're choosing to eat. Any other goodness? Tell us where we can find you. All that fun jazz. Um, I'm on Instagram at well with Kel. Kel has three L's. A lot of women that I work with tend to struggle on the weekends as well because that is when you are exposed to like some foods that maybe you don't keep in your house or just fun activities. So I do have a free guide on how to navigate the weekend, some hacks for like ordering leaner versions of meals at restaurants, choosing, you know, things that are better aligned with your goal, some of my favorite fast food, food, some mindset tips in there as well that you are free to download. And yeah, Instagram, I, I talk about nutrition a lot, flexible dieting. You'll see me eating a lot of donuts and how I'm still making progress. So definitely find me there if this interests you. Yes, I will have both the link to that guide and her Instagram in the show notes. So you can go ahead and find that there. Kelly, I'm so, so happy to have you on here. And it's been great chatting with you because I feel like we're Still have not yet met in real life, but I know it's going to happen soon and it's going to be like, we're going to be like two peas in a pod, I swear. (laughs) I agree. It's crazy. Talking about all the music and true crime podcasts and all that things. And you're definitely going to have to message me those recommendations for true crime because I'm almost through Great British Baking Show again for the fifth time and I need to get back on my true crime. Jake might hate it, but I don't care. Oh yeah, I definitely will. 
All right, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us this week, and we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Confident Health. If you love this episode, be sure to share with a friend. Just screenshot, post to Instagram, and tag me at Allie Williamson Fit. So be sure to follow the podcast so you never miss another episode. Chat soon.